the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Fellow redeemed, as mentioned in previous weeks, the word epiphany means to shine upon. This season shines light upon the truth that Jesus is true God in human flesh and blood. We heard it last week when in his baptism, Jesus was revealed to be the beloved Son of God who came to fulfill all righteousness. And the gospel for this day certainly does the same as well. By turning water into wine at the wedding of Cana, Jesus first manifests his glory. This miracle, this sign, as St. John calls it, takes place at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Having been baptized in the Jordan River and also tempted by the devil in the wilderness, Jesus now calls five of his disciples, Andrew, John, Peter, Philip, and Nathaniel. And on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus was also invited to the wedding with his disciples. Now, where we have the option today to decline a wedding invitation, at the time of Jesus, it would have been a shameful thing to do. And yet, Jesus doesn't only not turn it down, but appearing at this wedding, he blesses and honors marriage with his presence in his first miracle at Cana in Galilee, as our rite of holy matrimony states. And it shouldn't come as a surprise to us that Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding. Because guess what? He was at the first wedding. As true God, he created man in his image. And saying it wasn't good that man should be alone, he perfectly provided for man the perfect complement. A woman. And told them to be fruitful and multiply, that is, to have an abundance of children. Marriage is a good gift from God. That is, marriage, how God defines it, not the world. And God defines it as the union of one man and one woman. And through the union of this one man and one woman, God provides perfectly for his creation. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The union between a man and a woman that took place in Eden, that took place in Cana of Galilee, and that continues even today, it's a picture of Christ and his bride, the church. God provides for us a perfect gift in marriage, making it a reason to celebrate. And yet where our wedding celebrations last roughly a day, maybe two if you count the wedding rehearsals, Jewish celebrations in biblical times lasted roughly seven days. 
Some guests would remain there the entire week to share in the joys with the families. And this required a considerable amount of food and drink. To help with the celebration, the wedding couple at Cana served their guest God's good gift of wine. While Scripture reveals to us that the abuse of wine and drunkenness is a sin, Scripture also reveals to us that wine itself is a sign of physical and spiritual joy, a sign of future hope, of abundance, of God's love and blessing. The prophet Amos speaks of the end times in this way, the mountains shall drip sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. In wine, God provides a good gift. And to run out of it at a wedding celebration would have been a serious social embarrassment for this new couple and their families. And when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Mary knew her son could help. It had been revealed to her by the angel Gabriel that the child in her womb was the son of God. And having seen him increase in wisdom and stature over the years, in favor with God and men, Mary might have thought that now was the time for him to reveal that he's God in human flesh. And yet, God's timing is perfect, not ours. Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Jesus' response to Mary is distancing. Mary didn't understand that Jesus' hour would come when he goes the way of the cross, where he provides perfect, abundantly, for the sin of the world. And yet to this response, Mary has faith that Jesus will show kindness in his good and gracious way. She points away from herself to him. Do whatever he tells you. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. In an instant, Jesus provides an abundance of wine, roughly 600 to 900 bottles of wine for this small town. In an instant, Christ doesn't just provide good wine, but perfect wine, the best wine ever made. In an instant, Christ reveals that he mercifully hears the prayers of his people. 
In an instant, Christ reveals to the servants and his disciples that he is God. The God who governs all things in heaven and on earth. Now, while the the couple certainly would have been embarrassed by running out of wine, in reality, it isn't a matter of life and death. They could have continued on with the festivities and their marriage without this wine. And yet, this situation, while it wasn't a matter of life and death, it does signify much about life and death. The things of this world lack abundance, don't they? They run short. They fail us. The reason for this is sin. Sin came into the world through one man. And the one man whom God had first joined to the woman Eve in the one flesh. Because of this man, Adam, fell into sin, all fall into sin. There's a lack of food, finances, energy, time, health. These things are all draining away, decaying, in need of being replenished because of sin. Our rebellion against God has brought a curse on the good gifts God provides for us. And that's why... Jesus' response to his mother is one of comfort. Remember what he says. Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Again, Jesus' hour always refers to his impending crucifixion and death. Before his agony in the garden, he prays, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the Son may glorify you. As the disciples couldn't keep watch for Jesus even an hour, Jesus prays in the garden, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And this cup isn't the finest of wines. It's the cup of God's wrath. And it won't pass from Jesus. As the true bridegroom, Jesus will drink of it completely on the cross. As God pours out on him abundantly, completely, fully, his wrath on sin. And by his death on the cross, Jesus destroyed death. And as blood and water flowed from his pierced side, Christ brought forth New life. As the wedding of Cana was on the third day, so there would be a glorious third day that followed the hour of Christ's glory on the cross. The tomb wasn't full, but empty. It was empty because Christ, the bridegroom, rose and now lives to love you, his bride, this very day. And as Christ provided perfectly and abundantly at Cana, our risen and ascended Lord continues to provide perfectly for you today, strengthening your faith in the face of sin and its effects. His sacraments 
are abundantly full of the benefits of his last hour. In the waters of holy baptism, he cleansed you of every sinful spot and blemished. He made you a part of his bride, the church, his bride who he presents to himself in splendor without any spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Because he has cleansed her with his precious blood. And in his holy supper, he manifests his glory to you by making bread into his own body and wine into his own blood. And through this blessed meal, he perfectly provides for you a gift. A gift of infinite value, forgiving you, strengthening you, preserving you in the true faith throughout your entire life. Until that day when you can partake of the wedding feast of heaven heaven that has no end. The wine never runs out. He gives to you His holy word. A word that reveals you're to do whatever He tells you. And He tells you, Come unto me, all you who are heavy, weary and heavy laden, and I, I myself will give you rest. Rest from your sin. Rest from your pain and sufferings of this life. And you can promise that he will do this. You can trust this promise because it's backed by his holy and precious blood which was given and shed on the cross for you. Fellow redeemed, you're loved by God. He rejoices over you for Christ's sake, as the bridegroom rejoices over his bride. And through his word and his sacraments, he's present in the flesh this day to provide you with what you truly need in this life. Forgiveness of sins, eternal life, salvation. And God's grace doesn't run out. There's always enough. God be praised. Amen. Peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.